Section 200 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 261. Blackheath, October 17, 1763. My dear friend, the last mail brought me your letter of the second instant, as the former had brought me that of the twenty-fifth past. I did suppose that you would be sent over for the first day of the session, as I never knew a stricter muster, and no furloughs allowed. I am very sorry for it, for the reasons you hint at. But, however, you did very prudently in doing, de bon grâce, what you could not help doing, and let that be your rule in everything for the rest of your life. Avoid disagreeable things as much as by dexterity you can, but when they are unavoidable, do them with seeming willingness and alacrity. Though this journey is ill-timed for you in many respects, yet, in point of finances, you will be a gainer by it upon the whole. For, depend upon it, they will keep you there till the very last day of the session, and I suppose you have sold your horses and dismissed some of your servants. Though they seem to apprehend the first day of the session so much, in my opinion their danger will be much greater in the course of it. When you are at Paris you will of course wait upon Lord Hartford, and desire him to present you to the King. At the same time make my compliments to him, and thank him for the very obliging message he left at my house in town, and tell him that had I received it in time from thence, I would have come to town on purpose to have returned it in person. If there are any new little books at Paris, pray bring them me. I have already Voltaire's Celle dans le Bain, his Droit du Seigneur, and Olympie. Do not forget to call once at Madame Monconcile's, and as often as you please at Madame Dupin. Au revoir. Letter 262, Bath, November 24, 1763. My dear friend, I arrived here, as you suppose in your letter, last Sunday, but after the worst day's journey I ever had in my life, it snowed and froze that whole morning, and in the evening it rained and thawed, which made the roads so slippery that I was six hours coming post from the Devizes, which is but eighteen miles from hence, so that, but for the name of coming post, I might as well have walked on foot. I have not yet quite got over my last violent attack, and am weak and flimsy, I have now drank the waters but three days, so that without a miracle I cannot yet expect much alteration, and I do not in the least expect a miracle. If they proved les yeux de juvence to me, that would be a miracle indeed, but as the late Pope Lambertini said, fra noi gli miracoli sono passati girton peso. I have seen Hart, who inquired much after you. He is dejected and dispirited, and thinks himself much worse than he is, though he really has a tendency to the jaundice. I have yet seen nobody else, nor do I know who is here to be seen, for I have not yet exhibited myself to public view, except at the pump, which at the time I go to it is the most private place in Bath. After all the fears and hopes, occasioned severally by the meeting of the Parliament, in my opinion it will prove a very easy session. Mr. Wilkes is universally given up, and if the ministers themselves do not wantonly raise difficulties, I think they will meet with none. A majority of two hundred is a great anodyne. Adieu. God bless you. Letter 263. Bath, September 3, 1763. My dear friend, last post brought me your letter of the twenty-ninth past. I suppose C.T. let off his speech upon the princess's fortune, chiefly to show that he was of the opposition, for otherwise the point was not debatable, unless as to the quantum, against which something might be said, 
for the late princess of Orange, who was the eldest daughter of a king, had no more, and her two sisters but half, if I am not mistaken. It is a great mercy that Mr. Wilkes, the intrepid defender of our rights and liberties, is out of danger, and may live to fight and write again in support of them. And it is no less a mercy that God hath raised up the Earl of S. to vindicate and promote true religion and morality. These two blessings will justly make an epoch in the annals of this country. I have delivered your message to Hart, who waits with impatience for your letter. He is very happy now in having free access to all Lord Craven's papers, which, he says, give him great lights into the bellum tricenel, the old Lord Craven having been the professed and valorous knight-errant, and perhaps something more, to the Queen of Bohemia. At least, like Sir Peter Pride, he had the honour of spending a great part of his estate in her royal cause. I am by no means right yet. I am very weak and flimsy still, but the doctor assures me that strength and spirits will return. If they do, lucro uponum, I will make the best of them, and if they do not, I will not make their want still worse by grieving and regretting them. I have lived long enough, and observed enough, to estimate most things at their intrinsic, and not their imaginary value, and at seventy I find nothing much worth either desiring or fearing. But these reflections, which suit with seventy, would be greatly premature at two-and-thirty. So make the best of your time. Enjoy the present hour, but memoir ultime. God bless you. End of section 200. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.